welcome to our Girl Above podcast. My name is Krista Van Allen. I am the founder of Girl Above. We hope that this ends up being a resource that is very helpful to all women of all ages. Today on the Girl Above podcast, we are welcoming Beth Schutte, and she is a certified life and stress management coach from the American Association of Christian Counselors. She also has her master's in Christian formation and soul care. We're just so thrilled to have Beth on our show today, and we hope that this time that you spend listening to this podcast will be encouraging and eye-opening and um, that you really just take something away from it that is so valuable to your story personally. Okay, so we have Beth on with us today. Hi. Hello. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. So, Beth, you recently have taken a huge step of faith, you know, stepped out in courage, and you have started your own life coaching ministry. Um, Talk to us about what the heck that is. Some people are familiar with life coaching. Most people are not. What does this mean and why? Why yeah. are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, my favorite way to define life coaching is um, actually a Tom Landry quote, which I wasn't aware of who he was, but if a guy was listening, they'd probably know um, because he's was a big NFL coach for the Cowboys for a long time. Anyway, this is what he said coaching was. A coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear and who has you see what you don't want to see so you can be who you have always known you can be. Mm-hmm. And I just love that so much because that is exactly what a life coach does. And they come alongside you, enter your life with you, and then help point out things, not in a criticizing way, just as if you were a flashlight coming and kind of shining some light on these areas of your life and showing you um, things that maybe you don't want to hear or maybe you don't want to see, but as you illuminate those things and start to process and work through those things, you come out on the other end more the person that you always knew you could be, that you've wanted to be. And so that's what I do. I come alongside women and I help them um, process through kind of their hangups and where they're stuck and when they're um, hurting, not necessarily in a counseling hurting way, but in a, um, this is holding me back. These fears, these insecurities are holding me back kind of hurting way. And, and then we, we talk about those, we look at those, and then we look at, you know, how God see those, sees those things and what are some ways that we can take those tangible steps and end up with a person that you just love being, you know, that confident, vibrant life that you've always dreamed of and maybe never thought that you actually could have because it's possible. Absolutely. So we get to talk with Beth today and you guys are going to be so blessed because she's just really, really sweet and wise. And I'm so thankful to have her on today. So when I was talking to Beth about what we wanted to actually do on this podcast today, she's like, we have to talk about comparison. (laughs) So Beth, why is this something that matters so much to you? Yeah. Um, I had an experience a couple weeks ago that was, I call it my pit of comparison, and it really just reignited this passion in me to 
think about this topic. Um, but in general, why I'm so passionate about it now is because I, I see what a role it's been in my life to hold me back from things, to just steal my joy and kill a lot of things in myself. And I see it in every person, um, but especially women. And I just get this holy anger in me at the enemy um, for using this tool on us that just robs us um, and holds us back and limits us in life. And I just want it to stop. Yes. Um, How do you feel like this concept of comparison has held you back personally? I mean, I remember growing up you know, middle school, when you start to shift from like, just thinking about who you're going to play with and, you know, (laughs) what games you're going to play at recess to all of a sudden you're noticing what your body looks like and what people are wearing and who they're friends with. And all of a sudden there's this shift. And as that middle school girl, I was a little chunky. (laughs) I still am. (laughs) And, um, and I just remember, crying in my room to myself because the comparison was so strong. And the voice that I was hearing in my head from that was that I was, my body was wrong. I was wrong. Mm. I was bad. And then that just, you know, takes it down and translates into something's wrong with you. And, um, and man, I just spent so much, so much time, um, crying so much time, really striving for, um, you know, how to look better to somehow have more friends or be more loved or to get a boyfriend than in high school or all those things. And then even growing up and kind of finding some freedom from some of that and, you know, turning into this woman that I love, I still have these moments where, you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking about what to wear, not because I'm like, Oh, what do I want to wear? But I'm thinking about what are people going to think when they see me in this? Are they going to think that I have it together? Are they going to think that, um, you know, I'm pretty or valuable or whatever, you know, same thing with makeup and hair. And it's just like, it, ah, it just like gets me. It's exhausting. (laughs) You're so right. And, um, and I just, I want, I want freedom, you know? So it's been this, it's been chains. That's what it's been in my life. It's been, you know, these shackles that have held me back and, um, and I don't want that for myself and I don't want that for anyone else either. And I think we can be free from it. Absolutely. And how do you see, um, as I'm listening to you talk, you know, when we were in high school, we didn't have this element of social media. No, not at and all. And we didn't have, like, an actual tangible measure of how many people are currently liking what we put <laughs> yes. out in the world. Yes. What are your thoughts on on that? I mean, for a teenage girl now, you just have this whole added element of am I approved of? Am I not? Do people see me? Do they like me? Yeah. I mean, what would your, I guess, what would your advice be to a teenage girl? Man, it's, they have it rough. 
I mean, I even feel it as a 30 something, you know, checking Instagram every morning and being like, oh, do I have more likes? (laughs) Which is so ridiculous. And I know that in my mind, but these girls have it so hard. Yeah, because we didn't have smartphones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Social media was not. We're also not that old. So (laughs) (laughs) speak for yourself, Krista. Um, My advice would really honestly be to simplify. Um, and I mean, if you can cut out social media, like Mm -hmm. I know that it's fun and I'm, I'm on social media. So it's not like I'm one of those people who's cut it out of my life, but I have it at in seasons. Mm -hmm. And I think that that if you're not, um, willing or comfortable, or even want to cut it out like completely, um, just do it for a season, you know, take a month. Like if you're in a place where every morning you wake up and you're scrolling through and you can really do a heart check and be like, oh yeah, I'm finding my value on how many likes I'm getting on these posts. Or I feel awful about myself every single time I get stuck on like a scrolling (laughs) binge. Um, and I can't get out of that. Just take, even do a day, like just start with one day where you will not touch social media. Um, and then just see what happens, see how much better you feel, um, see the result that it has in your mind and your heart. And then when you've kind of made that one day, then the next time you realize it, maybe go a couple days and then a week and then a month and, you know, been like a whole season, um, of time, but it's, it's rough. It's really rough. Yeah. I love that challenge though, because it's something that I don't know personally, as you're speaking, I'm like, have I considered no social media even as an option? And it is, it is, it doesn't feel like an option, but it is. And even, I mean, even on a smaller, like a baby step into that is, don't do it in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've like, I've read things that talk about how important starting the morning is. And, you know, so don't watch the news, don't read the newspaper, don't be on social media, don't check your emails. And I think this could be a baby step. And I'm so guilty of this most days where the first thing I do is pop open my social media and scroll through that. And the days that I just pop up and I spend some time with the Lord and I like just get ready, my mind is so much better set for the day. Um, So save it for the nighttime or save it for some of your breaks or whatever, Mm -hmm. but try to skip it in the morning. I love it. That's great. So before we started recording and we were just talking, um, you mentioned the pit. (laughs) The pit. The pit, (laughs) which I think all women can relate to, and it's not just a female thing, but we're talking to a certain audience Mm -hmm. and we're women. So we speak (laughs) from that perspective, but just how, when you find that you are just comparing and comparing and comparing Mm. how it can light so many of your other fears and insecurities on fire. Yes. And then before you know it, you're in the pit. Mm -hmm. And so we were having a discussion about purpose and how comparison essentially just distracts from and steals purpose. And I loved what you were saying. If you want to kind of talk about that again, it was so valuable. Yeah. I mean, 
we know from from scripture that God created each of us with a purpose, with a unique purpose. Like, I mean, it's if you think about how crazy it is that every snowflake is different, it's the same for human beings. We are all so different. Even the most similar people in terms of their personality, identical twins, like even they are totally unique in the purpose that God has called them to. And when we start to compare, we take our eyes off of what is our unique purpose and what has God designed us to impact the world with to all of a sudden being like, oh, well, how do I be them? And then all of our energy and effort goes into how do we look like them? How do we talk like them? How do we succeed like them? And it it, yeah, it just takes away from this unique calling and then all of a sudden something's lost in the world. And if the enemy can win in that way, like he's succeeding in a huge way. And, um, so yeah, that's just, we're losing something in the world when people are trying to be other people instead of fully themselves, because you have something awesome to add and contribute to this world. And I want to see what that is. I'm sure everyone listening wants to, you know, see what that is in terms of their contribution to the world. And if you're just trying to contribute like someone else, it's one, not going to work. And two, it's just going to leave you empty. And even if you can achieve some of those goals of looking like that person, you know, having as many followers as that person, chances are, actually, I would bet a hundred percent is that you end up and you're like, why do I still feel empty? Yep. Um, what would you say to the woman who says, but Beth, I don't have an incredible story. I don't have a lot of talents. I don't know what my purpose is. Do I have a purpose? Mm -hmm. I'm not like all of those things that are filled with, with the doubt of wondering, what do I have to contribute? And, or, I mean, you go even a layer deeper and it's like, I'm not pretty enough to do what I would love to do or smart enough. I don't have the right degree. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things that we can create for a space of like, just lack operating out of scarcity, essentially. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. I mean, first, my first reaction to that is yes, you do. <laughs> just straight up. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that is, you know, when we, when we function out of what we're, what we lack or even talking down to ourselves of, oh, I don't have a good enough story or, you know, I am, you know, not fit enough or I'm not pretty enough or all those things. When we're functioning out of that, that it's all lies, Mm -hmm. you know, we're functioning out of a lie. And so that's where my simple, yes, you do. You have a story, you have a purpose. It's, um, so first we have to clear out all the lies. And I think that self-awareness and just awareness of those lies that we hear, that we tell ourselves is huge. And I think the first step, because if you can't identify that, that, um, thought that that sentence that voice speaking to you is a lie, like everything else is kind of defeated. Um, and so you have to, yeah, be aware of those things. And that's why it's so important. I think to have people around us that call those things out because we can get stuck in our heads. Mm -hmm. 
And it's really hard to talk ourselves out of those beliefs. And so we need people being like, no, you do have a purpose. Yes, right. you have a story. <laughs> um, you know, and I think in terms of thinking about what we lack and we're not ready and we're not prepared enough, again, a straight up lie. And yes, there's some tangible things, right? Okay. I want to help people through their trauma, but I'm not a licensed counselor. Okay. Go get your degree. Like that's something that you need in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but the things that God has called us to, the things that he has created us for, he will provide a hundred percent. It may not look (laughs) like you're (laughs) anticipating, Um, I mean, even just in starting my own ministry, I had this expectation of what my impact would look like, how it would kind of start out. And the Lord has really been showing me like, no, 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 I have your specific path for this. And yes, I have called you to this. This is your purpose is your calling to impact women, um, But instead of trying to look at how it's supposed to go, just follow because I'm going to provide. And I think that we don't trust that. And so then we get lost in this. Oh, but I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to look like that um, or act like that or be funny or, you know, whatever it is. And it's a simple fact that, yes, you have a purpose, you have a calling, And God's going to do it through you. There's nothing magic about how you look or how you act or how you dress or what your qualifications are because God is going to, he's going to provide that opportunity. He's going to open those doors because he put it in you. (laughs) Like, come on. Yeah. Sometimes we make it maybe too complicated Yes. or like you were saying, you just want you expect that it has to look like something you've already seen mm-hmm. rather than maybe God could use you in a way that's unique to you. Yes. And you kind of touched on this a little, but um, you say in a recent blog post, you wrote, call out comparison in those you love. When you hear someone close to you demeaning themselves because they aren't blank enough, um, remind them of who they are. This is so powerful. So you talked about surrounding yourself with people who can speak those things mm-hmm. into you. And by the way, women, you're allowed to receive what people yes. say. If Beth says, Krista, I see these awesome gifts in you, you know, I can. It is an option to be like, thank you. <laughs> you can't do I that. I don't have Please to be do. like, no, no, no. Yes, So just it's an option to it. receive it. But also I think – um we have a responsibility to use this powerful method way more than we currently do in just calling out people's strengths, calling them up to a standard that they might not see in themselves. It sounds like that's what you were getting at. And I loved that sentence. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Thank you. Yes, (laughs) I'll receive that. Yeah. I just, man, well, and this, even this idea kind of stemmed off of this video that went viral on face. I mean, probably everywhere, but I saw it on Facebook of these two women who, I don't know that they were believers, but there was this kind of social experiment that happened 
where they wrote down things that they thought about themselves, like the voices that they heard in their head, the things that they were thinking about themselves daily. And then they had to speak it. They had to say it to the other person as if they were saying it to that person. And that was so powerful. It was powerful for them to be like, oh, but like, I would never say that to my best friend. Mm -hmm. So why would I why would I say it to myself? Why would I think that that's okay to do? And that really was such a powerful moment for me in terms of thinking about, you know, when I'm saying things to myself, would I say that to my best friend? Right. I mean, I wouldn't even say it to a stranger. <laughs> so right. why would I say it to myself? And so when I was just thinking about what are things that we can do to fight this war on comparison, um, that was one of the things that came to me of just, we need to call out the lie that we see because you know, you say it to other people, not mm-hmm. to them, but you say things about yourself out loud to other people, yes. you know, even just thinking about, you know, you took a test and you didn't do too well. And you're talking with friends and you're like, Oh gosh, I'm so stupid. Like, your friend in that moment should be like, stop, like, don't speak that over yourself. Maybe you didn't do so hot on the test. Like we don't know, but that doesn't mean you're stupid. Um, you know, speak truth, speak life over yourself. And, um, you know, it, there is truth in, um, what Paul says about renewing your mind. Like it really is what we think plays out in our actions, plays out in our words, but in our actions and our beliefs about ourselves, And we need to be warriors and encouragers and, um, you know, battle buddies with our women being like, no, don't call that over yourself. Don't speak that. Don't speak death over yourself. Speak life and then call out the things that you see. Um, and then even taking it a step further to just be proactive in that. You know, thinking about um, calling out the great thing in your friend or your classmate or your sibling or your parent that you see just um, on the drop of a dime, yep, you know, just because, yeah, just because, you know, like how great does it feel when just out of the blue, someone speaks something really encouraging or great over you? It mm-hmm. totally changes your day. Um And we need to do more of that. Absolutely. And unfortunately, not for all women, but for some, this concept can take a lot of practice. I think we can naturally be, I don't know what the heck this is in us, but naturally a little bit um, just harsh and critical, obviously of ourselves, but then as a result of that, of so many other people. And that's where this girl culture comes from. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all been in high school. We've all been in middle school. I remember elementary school being the worst with that, which means it's probably not something we're taught, but just something that's kind of in us. Yeah. And so practicing how to not only think in a healthy way about yourself, but also having the ability to call that out in other people yeah, is, it takes practice. It does. It takes a lot of practice. Yeah. But it gets easier as, as you do it. When you just start noticing completely different things Mm -hmm. because you aren't looking through a critical lens. You're looking through a life giving lens. Yeah. 
and the vocabulary will change. The perspective Mm -hmm. will change. Everything changes. Yes. Um, As you were talking, it reminded me, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. I was at a retreat this past weekend and one of the speakers made the comment that identity precedes behavior. Mm. So you were kind of saying like your actions will be a certain way depending on what you think about yourself and that identity piece is so huge. If I've just blanket statemented something like I am unqualified. Yep. That will affect my actions in a lot of ways because I'm operating out of, well, I'm not qualified. So why would I do that? Yeah. So do you have any other thoughts on that? Identity precedes behavior. That's so true. And such a great way to put that. I mean, and I think that that is, you know, where comparison can really just mess with your identity because it takes away from thinking and figuring out who am I to how can I be like somebody else, kind of like we talked about earlier. And and the direct correlation of how you act and what you're capable of. I mean, I... Um, I mean, I had that, we had a conversation a couple months ago about if I could actually start my own business and I was like, I can't do it. I don't relate to risk well enough or, you know, whatever, however you want to say that, um, in order to pursue this. And so it had, it had shut down that possibility in my mind for a long time because that is what I thought my identity was. But yeah, I'm in, Beth and I do not take risks, yes, period. <laughs> yes. And I had kind of accepted that that's who I was. That was my identity and that's what I was functioning out of. But then when the Lord started to reveal this huge driving force in my life of fear and fear of failure specifically um, and started to be like, okay, let's let's deal with this and really revealing that, Beth, you don't, you don't know your true identity apart from this fear. And I started to have these thoughts of, oh my goodness, what is a fearless Beth really like? And as I started to think about that, because God is not fear, (laughs) right? So he does not make our identity have fear, like our true uninhibited God-given identity does not um, contain fear. And so when I was thinking about what a fearless Beth would really look like, I had this moment where I was like, oh my goodness, I, I can risk. (laughs) I can like that riskless person is not my real identity. And that is what opened up, um, you know, my pursuit of, of doing my own thing. And it's, yeah, it's crazy that the identity that I had assigned to myself before had this direct action to hold me back. And then having the Lord free me up to see like, no, that is not your identity. This is who you are. And then that has opened up actually pursuing something and moving into something. And it's, it's crazy. Right. It changes everything. It changes everything. It changes everything. And with that, your, your ability to 
be willing to recognize your thoughts is so important because you recognize those thought patterns and then you were saying, okay, what am I going to do about them? And then you took a courageous <laughs> step, which is not easy for you. No. And it doesn't mean what it doesn't mean, just so everybody understands, is that now Beth goes through life every day wearing a cape, not afraid <laughs> of any, like it's, that's what I'm saying. Like this is such a constant every day, like it takes practice, it takes yeah. self-awareness, it takes courage and the willingness to even admit that maybe my first initial thought isn't correct. Maybe everything that I think I shouldn't receive Mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, it's so easy to look at somebody else's journey and just say, well, I'm glad they figured that out. Good for them. They're nailing yeah. it. I, yeah. That's just not true of anyone no. in any phase of their life. I mean, you take the person that you wish you could be, right? And like Beth was saying, you get there and you will still feel like you're missing something mm-hmm. because that's not your identity and you haven't tapped into who God created you to be. Plus that person still wakes up the same every day wondering, am I doing enough? Am I nailing it? There's just so many layers to this concept. Yes. But I think we believe that there's such a thing as perfection Yes, when there really isn't. And so, and we all want that, right? Mm -hmm. We want pain-free life. We want a fear-free life. We want an easy life. And that honestly doesn't exist right now. And so even those people that we look at on the outside and we say, oh, they have it perfect. You know, they've got the perfect look. They've got the perfect life. They've got the perfect husband, the perfect family, perfect job. And so they've got it all together because they're on this platform speaking. But honestly, every, especially every Christian speaker the thing that they're speaking from is their struggle, is right. their pain. You know, that is their platform because they're speaking to God's redemption. And so when we separate, when we think that we can achieve this perfection um, on our own, outside of working through our stuff, it's such a false reality when really how we get to any kind of semblance of you know, the perfect life. It's through dealing with our stuff. It's through, you know, processing and talking to people about our struggles and our pain and being open with that. So we can, so God can redeem it. Mm-hmm. Life is a lot more of a wrestle than sometimes we're willing to Yes, even acknowledge. Yes. And I think we assume that if we embrace the fact that life is struggle, that life is this wrestling, that life is war, um, that we're just going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's so on top of itself because when you actually embrace that and you go head first into the struggle with the Lord, you end up loving life so much more and having so much you know, more joy and peace and contentment in your life than you ever did before trying to like, no, 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 like that doesn't have to be (laughs) life. That's, you know, there can be this easy, simplified perfection. And it's like, that actually leads to way more confusion and discontentment and pain than this other, which is, it's, 
it doesn't make sense. Right. But it makes sense. Absolutely. And we have this false idea too that um, if you express your hardship or if you just admit to your pain or if you're taking that journey of going through it, that somehow that makes you weak or we don't want people to see this. And again, that's striving for this false perfection. And what if social media, right, was full of everybody's actual, true, real life? Mm -hmm. Um, We would not be comparing ourselves to something that is like veneer and false. And it would just bring a lot more just reality to the table. And I would say a lot more compassion. I think that the comparison piece would just be replaced with compassion yeah. for what people are actually going through. Yeah. So, hmm. Hmm. I like that idea. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could give some like really tangible, I guess, tips to listeners about like takeaway what are some things that you can do right now to just be aware of areas that you compare or to start just curbing those thought processes or actions? What would those be? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do, but again, I think you have to start with self-awareness. If you're not a, if you can't identify the thoughts that you're having, then anything that you really do tangibly after that isn't going to do much. Um, and actually, I don't know if you could do any of the tangible stuff if you're not aware. So, um, how do you gain awareness? I would say just start by, um, going through your day. And when you're having not necessarily conversations, but as you're walking through the halls of your life, wherever that is, or you're driving in your car, you're sitting at a restaurant, just take note of what you're noticing, what you're thinking about, because we all do that, right? We scan the room. We see what people are wearing. We um, see what people are driving. You know, we hear how loud people are laughing, you know, things like that. And when we don't recognize, oh, hey, I'm, I'm taking this all in when we don't recognize what we're taking in, we can't filter that, you know? Um, and so I, my recommendation on kind of creating that filter is to be aware that you're doing that, that we're always taking that information in the comparison information in. And so just being aware, I don't know how much (laughs) I can say awareness, but just being aware and, um, Yeah. So, okay. Let's make this a little more concrete. I would even say pick an hour today and put a timer on your phone or stopwatch or whatever and be like, okay, from this time until this time, I'm just taking stock of what I'm taking in. Right. Um, Think about what you're thinking about. Yes. Yes. Um, And then And then just write down or process with a friend what that was like, because then you can start to process, oh yeah, this is what I took in, or this is what I felt when I saw this person. And then that gets you to thinking, oh, well, why did I start feeling bad about myself when I was in this place? And, um, and then from that point, I would say, keep up that discipline of doing that. And then 
recognize those areas that really trigger you and cut them out or lessen them or distract yourself. You know, if there's a group of girls that really trigger you because of who they are, what they look like or whatever, um, when you know you're in that class with them or maybe sit so their back, your back is to them or, um, you know, if they're at a certain lunch table, sit so you can't see them. Just things like that where you're kind of moving things around so you it's not straight in front of you. Take right. out some of the struggle, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And she's so right that you have to start with the awareness piece because it's hard to take action on something that you have no idea is really happening or why it's happening. And I think we'll all be amazed if you take that hour. We have some crazy thoughts. We do. (laughs) To actually audit those and just ask, where did that come from? Like, what's the seed of that lie? Yep. Why do I feel this way? Is it true? Um, And I know, especially for teenage girls, to actually give your thoughts some boundaries. Not every thought you think has to be this, like what word am I looking for? Just huge. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's okay to put some things in check and give it some boundaries and just say, nope, like not today. This is not, this does not define me. This does not own me. This does not have to be my, you know, end of life moment or reason for that. I see that a lot with high school girls. So just remember, it's okay to consider that maybe your thoughts aren't True. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. I feel like most of them that come in are lies. <laughs> yes. It's it's an interesting deal. So, Beth, thank you so much for your insight. I love everything that you've said, and I hope that you've gained so much from listening to this if you're listening today. So, Beth, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. That was our chat about comparison with our life coach, Beth Schutte. And we would love it if you would connect with Beth, if you want just to hear more about her, her story, her journey, um, or how you can connect with her to schedule a life coaching session, you can um, find that information in the podcast notes. And for more information, more insight about Girl Above, visit girlabove.com, or you can find us on Instagram at girlabove. Also, if you're the mom of a teenage girl and you would like to join our monthly mom gathering events, please send me an email at krista at girlabove.com and I will add you to our email invite list or you can find those event details on Facebook on the Girl Above page. We look forward to connecting with you on social media and also just on this podcast. So join us next time, subscribe to this podcast, and just be ready to hear from amazing young women and professionals. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.